Welcome to the SSU Career Chat, brought to you by the Sonoma State University Career Center. I'm Callie. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lily. Thanks for listening in. If you're wanting to learn more about major to career exploration or career outlook, then you're in the right place. We've got a great episode for you all, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the SSU Career Chat. Hello everyone, my name is Lily, and in today's episode, we'll be talking with two Sonoma State alums in the electrical engineering field. They'll be talking about their time spent at Sonoma State, the engineering department, how to land an internship or job, and more. Our first guest that I'll be speaking with is Faiza, who received her master's at Sonoma State. Welcome, Faiza. Please tell me about yourself. My name is Faiza. I am a software engineer and a digital marketing expert by profession. I have been in digital marketing space for more than five years now. So basically, I am an SEO specialist. So it's a fancy term. So what it stands for is search engine optimization. So I help uh, businesses get traffic to their digital assets like websites. And once they have traffic, more traffic and high quality traffic, they can convert that traffic into, you know, more revenue. So that leads to high ROI. So that's what uh, this job is to help the businesses rank on Google. So how I drive the traffic is I do, there's there's a lot of work behind SEO. So I basically help them rank on top page of Google, you know, because everybody right now you're searching for anything. Like, let's say, for example, where you're looking for a dentist in Ronet Park or San Rosa. So, and you don't know anything, any, you don't know anybody. So what would you do? If I ask you, you would just go to Google, right? And search for dentist in San Rosa. So, and you see all those results, right? You see all those results that come up. So the top ones are, some of them are ads. So those are the ads people pay Google to put them, display those ads. So we don't do, I don't do that one. So below the ads, you see organic rankings. So that's where I help the businesses rank on the top of the Google. And most of the people, when they are looking for anything, like in this case, uh, dentists in Santa Rosa, they will not go to the page two of Google. They will just see the top three or top five results. And they would most probably go with one of the top five or top three results that will show up. So if your business is not showing up on Google top page, you're missing out a lot of traffic. So that's where I come in. I help the clients to get to the top of the Google, which in, uh, helps them to get the traffic. When you first got to Noma State, what did you want to do? Like after you graduated, did you have like a clear idea of what you wanted? And are you working in the career that you envisioned? So I, I did not have a clear uh, uh, idea of what I wanted to be, to be honest, if I'm being really honest. So when I started in, so I, I did my master's in computer science at Sonoma State. So I'd already done my undergrad in, in Kashmir, where I'm originally from. And when I joined Sonoma State, I was admitted as a master's student. So I did a lot of courses in electronics, communication, and I did some software courses as well. And I did some AI, artificial intelligence courses, some linear systems. So it was everything. So communications, computers, electronics, all all mixed, uh, antennas, uh, lots of courses that I did. So yes, it did help me to what where I am right now. So there was this course I took was Fortron. So it's, it's a software a computer language that I took. And this was like a, something that really helped me to what to get my first job after my master's where which I, I worked as a before what I'm doing uh, currently, I worked as a software engineer at a company a local company here it was a startup that I landed the job because of all my uh, experience and all my, uh, you know, uh, qualifications and w- what I learned at the university from my courses so yeah one of them was the photon courses and then there was the my master's uh, project that i did was i cre- so it was also uh, i created a, a visualization software which i did it in uh, another language called matlab so that also helped so the project was uh, so we basically created a software a visualization software to monetize tremor in patients with parkinsons 
So what we did it, so I worked with other team members. So we came up with a hardware device. It was like a glove where the patients with Parkinson's, they would wear the glove and uh, we would monitor the tremor in the glove, right? So I created the software piece of the project in MATLAB, that's another software language. And with that software, what we were able to do is we were able to see the data, we were able to get the data, analyze the data and see the tremors and we could do it at one time without any charging like for 24 hours straight. So the patient could put the glove on for straight 24 hours and I could analyze the tremors remotely. I didn't have to be there even. Basically the idea was we wanted to help the physicians, researchers, therapists to analyze this data, the tremors more effectively. And you know, once they can uh, analyze the data, then they can help the patients better, right? So it, they, and we wanted to do it in a cost-effective way. So this was very cheap. So I think the total cost of this project uh, the hardware piece of it at least was only less than 200 bucks so so that that project really helped me with my skills in software programming so the matlab and the confidence really you know just creating something from scratch and being able to see the what we created and actually we worked with real patients we would go to these places homes of the patients with parkinson's all across santa rosa even petluma i remember going even we remember going to one of the old homes in in Santa Rosa, and we would meet these patients, and then we would talk to them what were their problems, and then we would ask them if, and most of them have all obviously volunteered to participate in our project. We would, you know, put the glove on them, and they would, then we would analyze the data. So we actually tested it on the real patients. So it was really uh, nice to see, uh, you know, uh, all, all that work. So that really helped me with my, uh, with my job at Autonet. And then that job in a uh, you know, one thing leads to another, that job lead to what I'm doing right now. So I was doing that for a while, like two years. And then um, I took a break for a while when I had my daughter. And then during that time, I was reintroduced to SEO, which I'm doing right now. And I started doing that from home because I wanted to spend time with my daughter as well. And while I was doing that, I realized that I really enjoyed this more. And I just continued working as an SEO and yeah, so not directly it helped me to uh, get where I am, but yes, indirectly one thing led to another thing and that's where I am right now. Yeah, that's really cool actually. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know they had things like that where they could test people for tremors. That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, we had, a, it was an amazing, amazing uh, the program that we did. It was basically, it was very interesting. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You got your master's at Sonoma State then? I did, yes. Awesome. And then how long did that take you to get your master's? Two years. What was it like at Sonoma State? Like, what was your experience there and everything? It was, it was good. So, so the thing with uh, different than my undergrad school was, so at, in my undergrad school, we had big classes, like the, the students we had, like each class had like 50 or 60 or more students in the class. So it was very hard to uh, you know, access the teacher, right? So if you had, but in this case, uh, at Sonamo State, the best thing that happened was the classes are very small. I don't know how it is right now, but you don't have more than 10, 20 or 25 or even 10 or 15 kids in, a, in one uh, class. So that helped us approach and access the teachers more closely. So we could just go and see them, whatever questions we had, whatever we wanted to ask, they were really accessible. So that, that was a, something that I really liked at Sonamo State. So the teachers were accessible and they really knew you closely. So they would like, okay, what are you doing right now? So they knew you, what exactly you're doing, what courses you are taking, where are you headed? So you were not, you know, you didn't feel alone, right? So you, they were always there for you. They, especially like in my case, my uh, HOD was Farid, Dr. Farid, right? So he was always there for us, especially the master students. So he would like create the overall, you know, how we want to do, how, what we want to do and how we see ourselves two years from when we started to when we would end and even though it felt very long but yeah so they they really helped us and even the kid the all the students and everybody was they were very friendly so it it was it was very nice it was very good so but I remember when I went um, the first day of my class so you know I was 
were me and there were I think only one or two girls female students in the because it's an engineering program you don't see unfortunately in I in the west or that that you don't have a lot of female students in the in the stem programs so that was kind of when I I went on my first day of at Sonoma State I I saw myself I didn't even see the other two girls because they were somewhere in the class I thought I was the only girl <laughs> at in my class so I was, it was kind of intimidating you know you were like oh is it just me here but um, eventually I, I found out there were a few other girls and even the, with the rest of them it was when they were very friendly but yeah initially I was really scared I was like okay <laughs> it's just 20 25 uh, male students and it was just me and then I think yeah that that was that was something different but uh, they were all very uh, friendly and nice and we it worked out pretty well I that you had a good experience I know that Sonoma is definitely like a, a very small school I feel like with one-on-ones it's very personal and you get to know like the professors better and everything and absolutely I agree and it does make like for a, a good learning environment when you mentioned that you were like one of the only few women that were there, that's something I wanted to touch on because I do know yeah. that women, at least in like STEM fields, like you said here, it's very rare to find them. And yeah. but as a woman, it's like a great accomplishment because like it's a male dominated field. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like it's hard to find a job in your area of expertise, especially as a woman in your field? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it took me a while, really, uh, when after I, uh, while I was looking for the internship, it took me a while to find the job, but eventually I did get it. So I'm not sure, but yes, I would be lying, right, if I don't say that, yes, it is a, a male uh, dominant pace. There are, even now I'm working in digital marketing space, I, most of the clients, I, people I work with, they're all men. So yeah, it is hard to see yourself, uh, you know, if you're just one one female and the rest all are men. But uh, I mean, if you know your work and you're confident, it doesn't matter really. But I would, yes, I would definitely love to see more uh, female in this field. And I think uh, it is getting better now. I was doing my master's program. We were taking some of the classes with undergrad students. There were uh, more undergrad, you know, more females in the undergrad program than in the master's program. And I think the professors, they told me they had much less before. So this is better. So it was, they were saying that it was increasing, but yeah, we could always do better. I like how you said, really like, your confidence and your work ethic and your, your experiences that really determine. absolutely absolutely at the end of the day that's what everybody is looking for you know it doesn't really matter if you are a, you're male or female if you know your job and you get the job done that that's what matters at the end of the day right yes definitely do you feel like you face any discrimination being a woman in your field or do you feel like it's a pretty good place where everyone is equal and everything well, in California, I think we are pretty uh, diverse and open and there is not really discrimination. I'm not sure about the other states, but I haven't personally felt any discrimination. Like I said, it did take me a while to get my first internship, but I think that was that's very normal for any other, even if I would my peers who were male. So I don't think there was discrimination. I, at least I, I was very fortunate to not uh, feel that. But I'm sure uh, there is discrimination, yeah. Did you encounter any obstacles or frustrations with your studies along the way? And how did you get through those challenges to become as successful as you are today? Not really obstacles, but like, right, I was the only one of the very few female students in my class. So initially, that was a kind of awkward for me. It was a kind of, you know, difficult for me personally, because in my undergrad, we were like 50% and actually more than 50% female students, you know, in the class. And here I am now all alone. So it was that and I didn't know anybody, right? It was my so even though I had been in US for a while, but I had never been in this uh, university environment. It was different. It was new for me. So I kind of got the cultural shock there. So it was a, a, a little culture shock for me. But I overcame it by being open to whatever comes and just taking it as a new experience. And like I said, then eventually I kind of 
got to know my friends, uh, my teachers, the professors. So that kind of really helped. But uh, so, yeah, so it was not really an obstacle. But yeah, I was kind of a little intimidated in the beginning. So I had a I had kind of a cultural shock there. <laughs> so it's not really an obstacle, but I, there was a different thing that I noticed here. So the way the the, the students communicate with the, the professors, the teachers was very interesting. So back home where I come from, there is that that power gap, you know, you when you even when you address your teacher, your professor, you address them as sir, teacher, madam. And here I when I saw I was like, I saw the students addressing to the professors as, as by their first names. So that was kind of uh, very new for me. And it was very interesting. So it, I had initially I had a hard time to actually addressing them as their by their first name, because I came with that baggage where you had, you know, that made you really close to the professor and you can actually communicate really well with the professor and it kind of created that very friendly environment as well instead of you know when you back home you kind of felt like they are somewhere up there and they're not accessible so so that was a that was a different experience for me I don't think I asked you where is back home for you Oh, so it's, uh, I'm originally from Kashmir. So Kashmir is in north of India and south of Pakistan. So it's a, it's a valley which is uh, surrounded by the Mount Himalayas mountains. So yeah, so it's Southeast Asia. That's where home is. <laughs> what brought you from there to here? Like how did you decide you wanted to come here? Um, so so actually I, I came here after I got married. So my husband um, was working here and he was first he was doing his uh, studies here and then he worked here. And then when I got, we got married, I moved in with him. So he kind of pulled and got me into, into the States. Yeah. How did you choose Sonoma State? Because there's, you know, there's so many schools and everything. Yeah. So we actually, I was looking for, uh, for the school when I moved here. So I, I just took a break for a year or so. And then I, I, I knew that I wanted to get my master's and I was looking around. And that time I was not actually in, in uh, San Rosa. We lived in Indiana back then. So I was looking at the schools in Indiana. And then I was, I actually, there was a few schools that, uh, you know, I was doing the interviews and, you know, all back and forth communication with. And then my husband actually had changed his job and he, we, he, he got a job here in Santa Rosa. And then I was like, hey, let me, I, I'm not sure. So I looked at schools around some, uh, here and uh, I saw this school, Sonoma State. And then I actually came in and I wanted to check the masters, the computer science specialty program, and I met Farid, and then you know he kind of briefed me about everything, how what the masters program is about, and I I really liked the program, and so it, I was like, okay, I think that's where I want to, you know, this is the program I want to join. Is it scary moving? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was just me, and when I moved in with my husband, it, for us actually, we did after we got married and I moved in, we um, visited a lot of places. We traveled a lot. So that kind of, you know, that that time where I would have been alone or scared or kind of maybe missing my family back home that kind of helped me, you know, just forget about that. And, I, you know, so it was, it was nice. So I, I almost traveled, we traveled to all, especially the Midwest, we would do road trips. So we, we, I went to Ohio, Kentucky, Washington, all, most of the places on the West coast, we would drive around so on the weekends, we would just go, or even if my husband ha would have some work related, you know, some travel he would have, I would just go with him. So that really helped me. And we had, we made some nice friends as well. Yeah, I was, I was very fortunate. So I didn't really, you know, had a very hard time. Of course, you miss your family once in a while. And it's very different here in there back home. You have lots of friends, family here. It's just you and then very some, few friends. So it, it, it is a, sometimes you kind of miss the friends, but it, it was the transition for me, I would say it was pretty smooth. Yeah, that's good though. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't too bad and you weren't yeah. too early. No, yeah, I have, I have some uh, friends and I've heard some really uh, scary stories and they had a really hard time adjusting, you know, here. But uh, for me, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, it was pretty smooth. Do you have like a certain job searching strategy? 
Uh, so yeah, so the my strategy was apply to as many places as possible. It's just really a numbers game. So as you apply, like you apply to let's say hundred positions or thousand positions, and out of those thousand or hundred positions, you will you may get a call from let, let's say ten percent, right? So it's always a numbers game. So I would just keep on applying. It I, it is kind of like I said, it it took me a while to find my first internship, and it can can be tiring, and you can be you know get the kind of lost. But uh, I just kept my telling myself is just a numbers game, and uh, I kept applying. Like every day, I would sit and just keep applying for these positions, like 20, 25 in a day. And then eventually, I I got a few interviews. Right. So once you get a few interviews, so you, let's say you land up land like five, three or four interviews. Once you land an interview, that's like half battle is won. So then it's kind of just showing your, uh, you know, just talking communication and they basically just want to see, you know, uh, give you a, like a basic test because it was an entry position for me, right? So they don't really expect you to know a lot of stuff. So it was easier to get in when it's an entry position. And then out of these three, four interviews, I eventually landed my first internship and that internship actually then uh, was my full time position. So uh, the, the strategy was just to apply as many positions as possible. And how did I uh, landed that job? I actually applied to uh, I put I had my resume, you know, in all these uh, platforms like, you know, there is there is dice. There is Indeed and all these uh, pl platforms where you recruiting platforms, right? Where you can put your uh, uh, resume and all the recruiters and all the employers who are looking for the for the employees, they come in there. So the the position that I was hired for, I asked them how did they find me because I I, I don't think I. Uh, applied for the position directly. So they found my resume on DICE. So that's also one of the recruiting platform. You, uh, I, I had my resume there and they, they liked it and they, they wanted me to come in uh, for the interview. Just be open to even commuting or even moving, right? At that point, I was ready to even uh, uh, work outside California. So I even applied outside state, you know, because it was something I, I, I wanted my internship, I wanted the job. So it, did, it didn't matter. I could just travel and, you know, uh, move if I had to. So just don't put all these constraints, like because of this place and, you know, all these constraints, just be open to, uh, even trying outside outside the state and may, you might land a good position. How did you like find jobs and everything? Did you go on specific sites or just search up in Google like what you wanted to go into? So LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is one of the big ones you can, when you go to and it kind of, once you put in your resume and your everything about you, it, the, it shows you the jobs related to your field. So LinkedIn was one of the places where I found most of the jobs. And then Indeed, Dice, these are also the places where they could, they can actually, you know, scrutinize the jobs according to your place where you want to work and what are your qualifications and what role you are looking for. Uh, so that's how I found all the jobs. And even I, I actually did, a, uh, went to the career fairs in Sonamo State. We had, I think when I was there, we had one. And um, I, I did a, like, it was like not really an interview, but I met with a lot of companies and that helped me. I didn't land up a job in that career fair, but I, uh, you know, it gave me a little bit of confidence how to talk to them. What kind of questions do, like, do I expect? So I did, and of just networking, I, I like, you know, just exchange my cards and just let them know, hey, maybe if you're looking, just keep it uh, in mind. And so I did a lot of networking just being there and opening up and just getting ready and seeing how it is. It's always helps when you do these interviews and, you know, uh, so it helps you. So, and kind of uh, gets you prepared. So, so it helped as well. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like networking and just like gaining confidence. Networking. Yes. Do you have any advice for our listeners? Yeah, so maybe advice is while you are in the doing your master's or your undergrad program. So don't get too uh, hung up on the grades or on the classes. Always have a bigger picture, you know. Uh, for me, I was always really, I wanted all the A's. It was all about getting the A's. 
I really figured out later and realized later that nobody really cares about your A's. Nobody is going to see your A's. Yes, you know, your degree does help you to kind of get you on the door at the job, what you're looking for, but to enter into the job, that A's don't really help. What really help is what uh, practical knowledge you have. They don't really want to see what grades you have or what courses you have taken. So if they are looking for somebody, let's say, who's making an app, right? They want an app developer. If you haven't really created an app, having an A in a computer programming language doesn't really help them. So get as much uh, practical experience as possible. That would be my advice. Do as many uh, programs, internships, whatever projects are happening in the in in university on the campus. Just try to uh, get your hands, you know, on them. Get your hands dirty, and that experience actually help build a really good resume and your and knowledge. And then that's the practical knowledge that actually most of all the employers are looking for. That's what matters. They want to see that you can get the job done. So just, yeah, don't just get too hung up on the grades and the courses. Look at the bigger picture, okay? You know, just see, okay, may I, should I be able to get this job done? Or, you know, also able to think clearly. That's a very important advice. Just, we always kind of get so uh, distracted by the details. We don't see the overall picture. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Thank you, Isa. I really appreciate it so much. No, it was it was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thank you again, Faiza, for speaking with us. Hey, Seawolves, Career Fest is coming. Career Fest is our annual two-week event tied to the spring career fairs. The first week includes a series of employer panels and career fair preparation workshops, followed by four industry-specific career fairs. All events and career fairs will be virtual, hosted through the Handshake platform. CareerFest is open to all current students as well as SSU alumni. CareerFest will be happening April 6th to the 9th. In order to attend the fair, students must register for the career fairs of interest and sign up for one-on-one and or group sessions with employers. So be sure to create an account or update your account on Handshake. Once you've done that, you can register for your career fair of interest. Begin creating your resume and schedule an appointment with a career advisor as well. To learn more, you can visit www dot career dot sonoma dot edu forward slash events forward slash career fest dash 2021. Next up, I'll be speaking with Michael, who received his bachelor's at Sonoma State. Welcome, Michael. Please tell me a little bit about yourself. My name is Michael Vardis. My title is design engineer, and I work at a company uh, that's local. It's in Santa Rosa called Pocket Radar. I serve really two main functions, which is design engineer is my main function there. And then the second function is production manager. So I manage production builds, look at data. So how did I get from Sonoma State to my career? Uh, it was through an internship. That I ended up at the company I'm at now uh, while I was in the program. So I, I had an internship in my junior year. From that, you know, I kept interning there throughout my senior year. And then it went straight into a job role as soon as I graduated. When did you start at Sonoma State? Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I was one of those guys that took a little bit longer to get out. It took me six years to get out of Sonoma State. I first, initially, when I went in, I was undeclared. You know, I think I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. My advice for people on that would be try to get that sorted out as quickly as you can because, you know, you end up wasting time and money. Now, obviously, six years, it's a drop in the bucket, right? Like, you know, you're, you've got plenty of time ahead of you. Don't feel rushed or like, you know, you're not achieving something. For me, it worked out great. I, you know, the timing was great. I met Chris Stewart. He's the president of the company that I work at. He's heavily involved in both the business department and the engineering department. I met him in the engineering department before I interned with them. And he's really a great mentor. So that's another thing, you know, try to find uh, resources, reach out, stuff like that. I wanted to touch on you graduating in six years, because I know that for like a lot of people, they think that they need to graduate within four years and they feel pressured, like you said, to finish in that time band. But do you want to go about how you decided to choose and declare engineering? Yeah, like I said, undeclared, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was kind of taking classes. And so this was like a learning curve. I'm the first one in my family to go to college. So I didn't really have like, you know, and I, I did go to advising and stuff like that. But so my thought process was, okay, I'll be undeclared and I'll take a couple classes here, some English classes and things that will, you know, hopefully double dip, right? Like I can take an English class, a couple math classes. And then when I decide on my major, I won't have to take those classes again. Well, then I decided I wanted to go into engineering and that kind of blew up because the math classes I took didn't apply really. You know, I had to retake statistics. I had to do uh, calculus classes. So that was like, it kind of like 
it was almost like I was a brand new student, you know, when I got into the engineering department. Now, how I got into engineering was, you know, I wasn't sure what to do. I was talking with my grandparents and my grandpa was like, well, you know, you've always been interested in how things work. So maybe a degree in engineering isn't a bad idea and it pays well is what he said. So, which is not something I don't, you know, don't ever pursue money. That was his advice. And I looked at Sonoma State and they only had one engineering program, which is the electrical engineering program. So I decided to take a, uh, they had an intro class and I really liked it. And then I, you know, had to meet the head of the department try to get declared, declare into the major, um, go through that whole thing. And, you know, it was awesome. Honestly, it was awesome. So I would say, don't stress on the six years. Don't stress on the time. Don't stress on trying to get, um, I think it's important to get a degree in something that you're going to be passionate about because it's something you're going to be doing maybe for the rest of your life. Or what happens is you get a degree and you switch gears, you know, and then you're, you're like starting over. And then you said that how you found your job was through your internship. Can you elaborate on that? Like, because uh, I know you said you actually connected with your boss before you even started. your. Yeah. So uh, like I said, Chris, he, he's heavily involved with the engineering department and the business department. So he was walking by in a hallway with the head of the engineering department, Fareed Furman, our doctor Furman. And you know, they just quickly struck up a conversation with me and I was talking with Chris and just, you know, one of my goals at some point is to start a company and Chris, he started a company. And so he's like, Hey, you know, you might want to talk with him. And so we're kind of chit-chatting a little bit. And that was our first meeting and I'm bouncing ideas off of them. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. It didn't actually at that initial meeting, but you know, and this is going to tie in with my advice is to get involved in extracurricular activities. So how I got my internship was I did this competition. It was called i uh, it's like a regional, it's actually a national competition, but it starts out as a regional one. And they take people from STEM majors, so math, science, you know, and then they join them up with business majors. And then you basically go through to start a company, you have a business model canvas, it's this whole thing, it's like eight weeks, and you travel and stuff, and you have to get presentations. And so Chris was the industry advisor for that competition. So that's how I met Chris, you know, he was going to be the industry advisor. I decided I was going to do that competition, went through it. It was, you know, it definitely was hard because to do that while also doing your schoolwork, you know, we had homework for that competition. We had to do interviews with customers, you know, it was like, it was a great experience, but I think more importantly, it taught me the value of networking, the value of getting involved in extracurricular things. So after that program ended, I reached out to Chris, I emailed him and I said, Hey, Chris, uh, you know, I, we've had some time to get to work, you know, work with each other on this stuff. I'm just curious if you have any internships. I looked at your website. I didn't see anything for it, but I thought I'd reach out and try. And he actually shot me down initially. He's like, no, you know, we don't have any internships right now. I said, no problem. Here's my resume. I know the engineering community is small. If you know any managers or anything at other companies, can you send it to them? And then he reached back out to me a few hours later and he created me an internship. So I started working for Chris in my junior year. And worked for him in my senior year. And then I had a job right out of school. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, it worked out great for me. <laughs> Even aside from like the internship and getting experience and getting paid while you're in school, it's, I definitely felt like it helped me with the program, right? Like I was surrounded by, Chris is an engineer, but I was surrounded by these other engineers and I was able to ask them questions about my you know, school stuff. And they were able to go into deeper detail about how things work. You know, when you're in school, they can only touch on, they can only go so deep because they have so much material they need to cover. And so these guys were really able to help me. I feel like I excelled in the program junior year on. It was definitely beneficial. Yeah, definitely. I like how you were like super confident. You just went and you basically did what you had to do to get what you want. Like normally people get scared and they don't want to bring employers if they reach out to them. But you did that first, which was, I feel like definitely benefited you because you ended up landing that internship and that's how you basically got the job you have now. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, my mom always said closed mouths don't get fed. Right. So if you want something, you got to go after it. I think one of the important things, especially for STEM majors and engineers in general, uh, are typically introverted, very like shy, very, um, you know, public speaking is something that's difficult. So, you know, some advice there is like, get out of your comfort zone as early as you can get involved in things, you know, you're doing this podcast, you know, but like for students like that, you know, practice, you know, ask questions in class. Sometimes people are afraid to ask questions in class. I was an annoying classmate. I know I was like, you know, constantly, if I didn't understand something, I'm asking like three or four questions in different ways, you know, really practice getting out of your comfort zone. And it's, it's a skill like anything else, right? Like, you just got to work on that because it, like you said, you'll build confidence and it's okay if you fail. It's okay if somebody tells you no, 
you know, networking is extremely important. So. Yeah, definitely. I feel like networking, especially in any major career is just definitely important because you don't know people. It's hard to get anywhere. You just kind of have to go out and introduce yourself because they're not going to be able to find you on their own usually. Right. You know, and you're, you're networking, even when you're in your class, that's what something sometimes people don't realize is like, you're networking with your professors, you're networking with your other students, your classmates, because in three years down the road, you might be applying for a job or somebody might be applying at a job you work at and you're at the other side of that table interviewing them or being interviewed by them. And so they're going to remember your work ethic as a student. They're going to remember what type of student you were. So you really want to remember you're always networking, whether you're intending to or not, you know, with your work ethic. Yeah, definitely. You want to make sure that you leave a great impression on anyone, honestly, because yep. people that see your peers in the future and everything. Yeah, I like that. I wanted to talk about your time at Columbus State. I know you said you did extracurriculars and everything and then managing school and just life and how you also said that you're the first person in your family to go to college. How was that? Was it difficult? Because I know me as well, we don't have as much guidance and it can be kind of scary because you're just kind of on your own, basically. Even if right. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... You know, for me, there was definitely obviously challenges like financial issue. You know, I definitely had to get financial aid and that was a worry. I mean, if I'm taking six years, I'm taking financial aid and I have to, you know, it's just building, you're just accruing debt. You know, I worked while I was in school as well. Before the internship, you know, I had I had jobs all through college. But yeah, I mean, it, it was difficult. I had motivations, right? So I think if you are struggling and, and you know, you're trying to push through whatever your program is, you know, they're difficult all in their own ways. So I'd say like, you know, for me, it was, you know, I wanted to help my family. I had brothers and stuff. So I was like, okay, I need to make sure that I can be a good role model, be a good example, and then that I can help them. And that's, you know, and now I'm able to, right? So I definitely had a motivation. I knew I had to get that degree. I didn't know where it would lead me. I didn't know if I needed to go to grad school. Yeah, there was definitely challenges, like, you know, obviously financial and stressors and stuff, but you just got to, like I said, hold on to whatever your goal is. Whatever you're going to school, if you don't know what that is yet, figure it out. Did you encounter any obstacles or frustrations with your studies? And how did you get through those challenges to become as successful as you are today? Okay, so yes, I did. I think there's a misconception that like people that are in math or STEM majors specifically, and I'm just going to focus on that because that's why I'm here to talk about that. They're, it's just it comes natural to them, right? Like you just have it. It, it works easy for them. But that's not always true. So, I mean, in, me in particular, like I was successful in my classes, but I had to put in a tremendous amount of work, right? So I think some of the stresses like for, I'd be in the lab sometimes until one in the morning, uh, 1230, I'd be getting kicked out with some of my other classmates that like by campus police, you know, they'd come by and kick us out of there. So there was issues like that where it's like, hey, you know, can we get passes created so that we don't get kicked out? Um, especially as an engineering major, you know, we have equipment we have to work with to do our labs and stuff you know, spectrum analyzers, oscilloscopes, these tools that we need to do our schoolwork, but then also that we use when we get into the workforce. So I'd say like, you know, you get, you get out what you put in. So really like, you know, it's a few, let's just say four years for argument's sake, obviously it was longer for me, but for those four years, like struggle, like work hard, put in a bunch of time. Like I know for me, like friendships, things like that, it, you know, some of those got strained. My relationships were strained even with family sometimes, but just really just put in as much time as you can, because when you get out, you know, you have, you have these people that hire you and they expect you obviously to know some things, right? Like what does your job expect out of you when you graduate with a degree in engineering, they're going to expect you to understand the fundamentals. That's important, but really they just want to know that you've learned how to learn. That's something Chris is like beating in my head. Did you learn how to learn? Uh, and it sounds kind of funny, but Really, it's like, it, it sounds like, it, it, yeah, right. It sounds funny, but it's so true. Like, can, can you take information in? If you can't, if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't click right away, what do you do to figure it out, you know? And engineering in particular, it's lifelong learning. You're never done. It's challenging. You always have to, it's just like anything else, but, you know, there's new, how fast does technology move, right? And for electrical engineers, that's what you're working in. You're working in technology. So I'd say, you know, yeah, that's, that's basically 
that's that. Yeah, I think that's great, Juan, because a lot of people, I like me, I'm a communications major, which is probably on like a very opposite end from what you do. I know you guys are definitely more like technical and I'm terrible at all that stuff <laughs> and everything. So I just know that for me, I like you said, it's a common misconception, but I do believe you guys are just smart and that you can figure it out like easily and you already know what you're doing. But like you said, I commend you for going in like, past midnight and everything just working and everything because it does show that you have like a strong work ethic and that you really care and like you want to learn and I think that like if they want to pursue a certain major that they want they need to have that motivation and definitely be like um wanting to put in the work because it's not going to come easy no matter what you do like for me as well like I'll be up three or four in the morning as well just like editing everything and working on my stuff because like I understand what I'm doing but it definitely takes time yeah exactly and your name's attached to it right like you, you, anything you touch is that's a reflection of you so um, I try to keep that in mind uh, when I'm doing things as well it's like this is a representation of me and how do I want people to you know look at that how do they want them to look at me when I'm working on something and then I'd say networking when you get into the workforce is a little bit easier because you're just exposed to so many different people and if you have good work ethic there's really not much to worry about you know you're going to be fine that's the biggest thing you just have good work ethic and most things will work out. Would you say that experiences definitely benefit you too? Yeah. I mean, like experience in the, in the job. In your field of expertise and everything, like, like you said, like extracurriculars, do you feel like if you hadn't done what you did at Cinema State, like the extracurriculars and everything that you yeah. were able to land the job that you have now? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I did the I-Core competition. I did, uh, I was president of the EE club. Uh, basically what I tried to do, and this is what I encourage anybody to do, um, you know, Sonoma State is a smaller liberal arts school, right? There is nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to leave that school with an engineering degree, you better have a stacked resume because who are you competing against? You know, you got kids coming from Davis, you got kids coming from Berkeley, you got kids coming from these prestigious schools, MIT, right? If you work at Keysight, they got good people from all over the country. So basically, you know, I was just like, all right, it is what it is. This is where I'm going. This is so stack my resume. I'm going to get involved in many things I can do build up my resume. And yeah, I think one of the most powerful things is not like my technical skills and abilities, but really working on public speaking, really working on trying to be comfortable and explaining things in layman terms when I'm, you know, presenting, because like, for example, even now we just hired a new manager and his background is in software and I work specifically in hardware. So he doesn't have really much knowledge on the hardware stuff, but I need to present things that I'm working on to him in a way that he understands it. Right. So really presentation skills is like it's undervalued I think you know students don't value that enough so yeah I would say the experiences in those things everything I did there was a presentation aspect to it and I think that was hugely beneficial for me in my career. Do you find the job market for your major in your field to be very competitive? I know you did say that how you appear on paper is very important because you are competing against like people like at Davis and MIT which are like very highly ranked schools and everything. Right. But do you feel that it is definitely more competitive compared to like other areas um, and majors? Yeah, I think so. I think Sonoma State does a great job uh, getting us out there, like as students to potential potential companies that we might work for. So, you know, in the engineering department, we have a senior design program, and I think it's an excellent program. I, I'm still involved in that program now as an industry advisor for other students, you know, so I have teams that I work with. But I think it's it's an awesome thing because basically what, what it is, is you work on a project for, you know, for a year, and then at the end of that year, you present it to an audience and it's people, you know, people like me that work at companies, it's managers, it's people that might hire you right out the gate. So, but yes, it is competitive and, you know, it's sad to say, but especially now even, right, they, everything is online. They're going to, they have thousands of, if you're applying for a job, there's probably at least 10 to 20, if not hundreds of other people applying for it. So what do they do? They filter them out by GPA. They filter it out by, before you even get a chance to talk to them. You know, so I'd say, yeah, I mean, as, as bad as it sounds, you know, you do need to look good on paper, but then you also need to have the skills and the knowledge to back it up. Engineering roles specifically, all of my buddies, they actually had to go through an interview when they graduated because I had interned since I was, you know, my junior, a junior in the engineering department. That was my, that was my interview. I had like a year and a half long interview and then they just hired me. I didn't have to do uh, interview, but typically it's not uncommon for engineering positions to do like an eight hour interview. And it's just technical. It's questions. It's like they, they test you basically. And it's not like incredibly difficult things. It's just things you should know. It's basics. It's fundamentals. And they want to make sure you have that fundamental knowledge because, oh man, you, 
you learn so much after I've learned. It's crazy. Like to think back at what I knew three years ago versus like what I'm, and I'm still learning. I still am. Uh, but what I, what I've learned and, you know, continue, it's just, it's awesome. It's scary. And it's, you know, like I said, you have to be dedicated to, to lifelong learning. And then I wanted to go back to, I know you said that you do plan on starting your own business. Do you want to tell me about that? Well, I'm not sure exactly what it is yet. I just know, you know, that's like a goal of mine, right? Like, you know, earlier on, it's like, you know, what's the goal? I want to start a company one day. Um, and so I guess what I would say is I'm working at Pocket Radar, which is a startup. When I got there, there was like 10 people, 11 people, still small. It's still, you know, a smaller company, but I think we're getting closer to 20 people now or 20 something people in just a few short years. The company's doing really well, but you know, I, I made this known to Chris when he hired me. And so the great mentor he is, he's exposing me to the business side too. You know, what's involved in starting a company, what's involved in running a company, what are the, you know, you have to think big, you know, I'm not sure yet what my company, if I start a company, what it will be in, but what my plans are now to help to make me successful when I do want to start one is I first want to be a good engineer. This is my, my road plan. I'm going to pretend like I'm talking to Chris. Uh, you know, my goal is to be a good engineer first. Then I want to go into management so I can learn how to manage people. Then I want to go on, you know, more into the business side of things. Um, you know, so I can get uh, the higher level view, right? Like, so if it's, uh, you know, what goes on on the production side, how do you, you know, source a product from vendors overseas, uh, you know, your supply chain stuff. And so that's what he's done. He's like starting to expose me to different areas of the company. Um, you know, so basically after I go into management, the business side, my goal is to maybe run Pocket Radio one day, you know, be in a high leadership role and then, you know, be successful at that and then possibly start my own company after that if I was going to. There's a, something Chris always tells me is like, it's not the idea that's important when you're starting a company. I mean, obviously you want a good idea, right? But it's really the team because the people that you choose to start a company with, usually it's not the first idea you go in. And I learned that in the i competition too. You know, we had an idea and we had to pivot to something else. So it's like they have a, you know, a little mantra. It's like fail early, fail often. So if you're going to try something, you know, it's better to fail early on before you've invested too much time to learn, to learn, to learn, and then go at it again. I have no idea. I guess the way, short way, I have no idea what the company will be, uh, but who knows, maybe one day I'll start a company. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fine that you don't have an idea. Um, I like what you said about, or what was it, fail early before you... Fail early, fail often. Yeah, don't give me credit for that. I've just, that's, that's, that's other people, that's the I-Core competition. Chris says it all the time. And the other guys I work with, I mean, I'm surround yourself with mentors that's another thing if I could say anything try to find people that are good mentors you know all the people I work at at the company you know there's Chris there's Steve the founders it's just it's amazing the people that are there that are just like all they want to do is just drop information on me just help me to be successful and so like you know surround yourself with people like that if, if you can and don't chase the money you know the money will come later in life it's you know I started at a smaller company that definitely salaries were not what they could have been if I had gone to San Francisco and worked at some big company. Anyways, everybody's got their own plan. So uh, that's just, it didn't fit into mind to do that. I like how you said like, oh, um, just try everything because if you fail, it's better to fail early than to fail on later. Because I feel like a lot of people, they're just like scared to fail, but I feel like failure is also inevitable. Like it's something right. you have to go through because it's a learning experience as well. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you had one idea and you invested all this money and it's like you're a year down the road and you've got all your eggs in one basket and then you go to market and it just, it's like it tanks and then you're done, right? Instead, if you start out with an idea and you go talk to customers, potential customers and you conduct interviews and you do it in a way that you're not biasing it and you learn that that's not even what people want, right? You got to figure out what your, you know, your, your customer segment you're trying to reach. Out. So basically, right, if you learn that early, then you don't wait till the end, a year down the road or whatever. That's why I fail early and then fail often. So you get the, you know, that's the whole point of the saying. But yeah, I mean, I like that. And, I, and it applies even in my work now. I mean, I try to take those things into my job functions now. Like if, you know, I'm going to try some circuit. If it doesn't work, it's okay. I learned that it doesn't work. I learned it early before we, you know, get to the next milestone. So that was a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. As well, which is really cool. And I feel like I can apply it to me and my career and whatever my career will be in the future. Yeah. What advice do you have for our listeners? 
Yeah, so I'll repeat some of this stuff. I wrote down a couple bullet points, so I'll read them. And it's, yeah, I've been saying this along, but this will be like a little recap. So get involved in the extracurricular activities, whatever it is, specifically in the engineering department. You know, it's a small department. All the professors, they're amazing people that are so, they invest so much more time than you would get at other schools. So take advantage of that. It's a small department utilize that, right? That's a, that's a pro. You know, I have buddies at other schools that larger schools that do not have that sort of relationship with their professors that I have with mine. So if there's anything, you know, take advantage of the professors in that small program, get out of your comfort zone, right? So whatever that means for you, you know what you're comfortable with, you know what you're not comfortable with. If it's public speaking, start doing a little bit more public speaking. If it's, you know, if in specifically in engineering, if you are more comfortable coding and you don't like working on hardware, start working on hardware. If it's the other way around, then start working on programming if you're not comfortable with it. And, you know, do projects outside of school. Start working on stuff on projects just for fun. Network, right? Like that's another important one. Ask questions in class. And I even wrote, be annoying, you know, like don't be afraid to ask questions. I had a professor one time tell me, like he, before he would finish talking, he'd say, uh, don't ask a question, Michael. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, like that's okay though. You know, I had a good relationship with the professor, but get to that point where uh, that professor knows you so well that he knows you're going to ask a question. And he would actually, sometimes he'd answer my questions before I could answer them, right? So work on your presentation skills and then don't chase the money. Then I have some advice for when you're in the work, right? When you get to work in your, in your career, be confident in yourself, right? Like you have learned a lot as a person. You've, you know, there are things that are in the back of your head, subconscious that you've learned, they will come out, you know, you're going to be successful, just work hard. All that's expected are understanding the fundamentals of whatever your program was and that you've learned how to learn. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I cannot emphasize that enough. Like, do not be afraid to reach out to people uh, and ask for help. The last thing anybody wants when they hire you is to think that they can rely on you for something and then they get to a deadline and you haven't delivered. So ask for help early on if you need it. And it's okay if you don't know. That's why they have experienced people there. And then lastly is just put in the time. That's it. You know, just put in the time, put in that hard work uh, and it will pay off. Thank you so much. You were like super prepared. I love it. Um, <laughs> all of that was definitely great advice. Thank you again so much. This interview has been great. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you again to Faiza and Michael for taking the time to speak with us today. In today's episode takeaways, we talked about what it is like to pursue an engineering degree and many useful tips to ensure that you succeed. Get involved in extracurriculars. Be sure to put in plenty of time into your work and studies. How you look on paper is important, but it is also important that you know and understand what you're doing. Networking is key. You can even start networking with your classmates. Always be sure to have a good work ethic and leave a good impression. Don't be afraid to reach out and contact people first. And don't be afraid to branch out into other areas. That is all for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in to the SSU Career Chat brought to you by the Sonoma State Career Center. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for the next episode of the SSU Career Chat.